0: Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of see at these news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I have. This week we're going to be talking all about season two and all of the fun stuff that's coming along with it. But before I get into that, I have the one, the only, the best co-host of Rare and Friends, as well as my personal friend jeff the peg leg perez and we're going to be
1: talking all that fun stuff so i have to ask jeff how you doing buddy hey i'm doing great it's great to be here i'm excited that i finally get to be on keelhauled podcast
0: I know, it feels like something that's been going on for a long time, and I've been like slowly marking lists like I'm some sort of serial killer from high <laughs> school, and I'm just trying to take care of all the people that wronged me in the past, and that's actually the complete opposite. It's like I'm, I'm enamored with these people, and I just want to be able <laughs> to talk with them for an hour about CSEs. So I'm really happy to have you on. I have a few questions before we really get into the news, because uh, there are a few things that... Much like a serial killer would hold a grudge against someone, I do have uh, a couple I'm gonna I'm going to have to have from you. Uh-oh. So f- first off, you have been the co-host of Mouse Bites, and it's a great podcast. If anyone hasn't gone and listened to it, you, you basically break down all of the Disney games from your like the original OG games you dive into them deep as far as what levels they had, what audio they they had, the the different companies that were making them at the times, what systems they were on, and you really go deep on these and that has been quite the dead podcast for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, sir. Yeah, we uh we took a little hiatus on that one so i'm 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 bummed about
0: that because if anyone that hasn't been listening to it um th- this is one of those things where you guys were you were just into like the Sega Super Nintendo area and you were just about to get into that Kingdom Hearts and I feel like I feel like we were gonna get those Kingdom Heart episodes because i need I need someone that I trust to really kind of like explain to me what the heck this the lore behind Kingdom Hearts is. <laughs> And I was just, I was so hoping that one of these days you and Clay were going to get into it.
1: Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a good idea. We definitely should. I think uh, we, you know, at the time, Clay especially was really busy doing multiple podcasts and uh, went through a yeah. move and kind of got a little busy with stuff work-wise and otherwise. So we, you know, we kind of took a step back, decided to, to put it on a temporary hold, um, which kind of turned into a long-term hold. But uh, you know recently we've been kind of getting the other stuff back together so maybe there's a chance we'll we'll jump back into that. I'm gonna have to <laughs> talk to Clay about that.
0: Well that's a and it's a, a great segue. I don't know how you teed me up on that. It's almost like you've been podcasting for <laughs> six years. but you are now doing rare and friends again. Uh, you're working with Dave and Clay and you guys are getting back into the podcasting realm. So you guys have been playing sea of thieves and rare games for most of your lives and you have had a podcast in the past called rare and friends which is a really awesome podcast where you guys basically cover rare games and uh, companies that are or or projects that are either done by rare former rare people that are now working at other companies like platonics or uh, rare properties that are being you know licensed out like like toads, And you, you've kind of changed things up. Uh, you had a, a reunion episode recently where you kind of dove into who you're going to be covering when you're or like what they're what they do and, and how that relates to Rare. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what got you guys back together? What what kind of brought in this influx of, of desire to, to jump back into the into the podcasting realm?
1: Yeah. So I mean, it's been really fun to kind of get back with those guys to, you know, to talk about rare again it's something that's kind of how the three of us all met um so yeah as far as it coming back it uh the the whole rare and friends site and and projects are dave's david jones the the main host Um, those are kind of his babies and he kind of just got a spark he wanted to listen through some of the old episodes he i think it honestly is related to him playing sea of thieves uh finally i want to say uh he, he's played it before but he just couldn't get into it and uh i yeah. think whatever happened with season one it finally clicked for him so he's been really into it and it, it seemed to have inspired him to get the the show back together and he reached out to clay and i and asked if we wanted to do a reunion episode and we're like yeah totally um so we did that just honestly just a few weeks ago as of recording this podcast And uh, it was really fun. We kind of changed the pacing. I think uh, that was another one where there was a little bit of turmoil and burnout and just some different issues. Um, And and I kind of stepped away. And then after that, it kind of just faded into, you know, hiatus or obscurity. Um, But yeah, we've gotten back together. Dave came up with a a new format. So I'm kind of honorary co-host at large. (laughs) Um, Yeah because i'm also doing or i'm also part of uh rare gamer and that team so uh unfortunately I haven't been doing a ton of content with them but uh would love to do more um i wrote their review for sea of thieves back when it launched and helped yeah, out with other stuff
0: it's a site that's still going. I know DK Vine is still going strong. In fact, I've been I've been diving into uh, their their content for Conquer, because Conquer's been one of my favorite games growing up out of the the rare pantheon of, of franchises. And I'm I'm looking forward to you kind of getting back on the horse with riding because I, I, I do appreciate when you do put out articles. I love, you know, you've been you've been following rare for most of your life and and the mm-hmm. thing that i think was really really great was you actually used to be uh really kind of tied in with rare when it comes to sea of thieves you've been you've been following the game since uh alpha and in, in their announcements and part of the moderator uh for the the sea of thieves um it was at the mixer
1: channel right mixer yep yep
0: yeah so you i mean you've been in and out of fan sites as well as, uh, official channels for a while. And you even got to go to the studio, which <laughs> yeah, of all the things, what you got to go to the studio yeah. and play Sea of Thieves in its, in, in its primordial unity form. So mm-hmm. how do you, how does that work? Cause that was, that was, those were, them's were the heydays when, you know, young Tucker or, or, or Cam- uh, Cameron and, uh, mini squish Emma, bridal who were like head of community back then were moderating the forums and checking out what people were doing so how did they reach out to you and the others to get you to the studio to play the game Whoa, 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 whoa. Before we get into that, what about the, what, what about the Patreon? Yeah, we gotta, we gotta talk about the Patreon. slogan. You're right, Logan. Okay. You can't just skip right into the interview like that. I wasn't, I was trying Come to. Come on, now. How else am I gonna be able to thank Chateau Neuf, Cosmic Johnson, LFA Esteban, Lumpy SRQ, Tub Tub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Regis Stella, Rust Belt Kid, TN Professor, Todd Meister, Big Bad Pad, Mina Ferry, CJ Superpack, Davram TV, F, Frank P and Kazuya the Rogue, Xbox, Mike, 29, Tech, Deku, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow. That all of their support means the world to me. And as much as I love Jeff, these guys are the ones that are giving me yeah. money to help yeah. make this a real deal. So thank you so much to all of you who are supporting. Head over to keelhaulpodcast.com if you guys that's, are looking to not help support me in uh, other ways. Um, or actually, no, it's, I'll have the link in the the show notes. Let's get back to the interview. Come on, Logan. You know how to do this. You've been doing it for years. I'm sorry. Jeez.
1: Yeah. So that was a heck of a lifetime, uh, you know, a lifetime experience. I don't know how to (laughs) say it. It was once in a lifetime experience. There we go. Um, So basically, yeah. So uh, there's a lot to kind of build this up. So like I said, I've been, a, like you said, I've been a, a Rare fan for most of my life. Um, back to when Donkey Kong Country came out, I was in second grade, I think. Um, and I just kind of enjoyed it, loved it, learned about the Rare logo. And, and then as more games came out the following years, because that was kind of as they started just putting out game after game after game on the Super Nintendo and then the N64. Um, I was a huge fan of all their stuff from GoldenEye and Blast Core and, and Jet Force Gemini, all the you know Banjo Kazooie, Donkey Kong Country Two, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, okay,
0: I have I have a quick question for you that yeah. I have to ask because if I don't ask this, I feel like I'll be doing an injustice between GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. Which is the better game?
1: My one hundred percent answer is Perfect Dark is a better game. Um, so
0: going back, you actually <laughs> argued the opposite. That is correct. On, rare and friends yeah and i'm really i'm really curious like okay so i'm i'm getting a little inside baseball here <laughs> friends folks you guys need to go listen to the rare and friends episode because there's the little clips in the reunion where they go back to pull out their different moments and there's an episode where jeff actually argues devil's advocate for for mm-hmm. golden mm-hmm. in in perfect dark i think objectively is is the better game Mm-hmm. I would argue it's not the more popular game, uh, but Very true. I, I'm, I'm curious. It, you still believe Perfect Dark is the better game. Do you believe that franchise has legs because they're remaking or they're making a new one? Where do you think they're going to go with this new one?
1: Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that's that's tricky because, yeah, I, I definitely still think the franchise has potential i think uh, they came up with a lot of really great ideas in the first one um i think most people who know me online know that i don't really like perfect dark zero you know and it's it's not a can't imagine why <laughs> it's not a bad game per se it just i think it got rushed out the door as a launch title if you know and it's it's a crazy one because its development went all the way back to the gamecube possibly even you well know, probably not the n64 because that came out in 2000 so they probably started the second one and on the gamecube development kit but um you know it went from gamecube to original xbox to xbox 360 launch title and uh, along the way you know there's some technical issues with it and uh some design issues with it that it just you know didn't quite feel as good as the as the original um and then the secondary issue that i had with it was how they changed the character's just personalities as well as their voices you know joanna and it was a prequel but like joanna was suddenly american and redhead and you know she just wasn't so it and it kind of got a more cartoony comic book caricature art style which again beautiful but for me you know it was too much of a deviation it might as well just been a new franchise um yeah that said i you know i'm hopeful that This new initiative game coming from the Xbox, the new Xbox studio down there in Southern California is going to honor the original, but still bring it modern. I, you know, I'm very curious if they're going to go keep it first person, uh, you know, primarily or if it would switch to third person, um, you know, kind of more Splinter Cell, Assassin's Creed style. I, you know, I, I just, I don't know what to expect. I think it could work great either way. Um, but you know, it's legacy as a first person shooter. So first person stealth gadget game should work. Um, I just, you know, we'll see what they do with the story and the characters. Uh, but they got a really good team working on it down there. So we'll, we'll see with that.
0: (laughs) So you've been, you've been following perfect dark. You've been following rare. We're getting into the, the world of like Viva Pinata and connect sports. How, how big of a fan were you during those times?
1: Um, you know, I I stayed a rare fan, but you know, after they were purchased by Microsoft, I still only owned Nintendo systems up until 2008. Um, so I kind of missed out on Viva Pinata's release. I, I never played like Grab by the Ghoulies or Conquer Live and Reloaded, um, or even Perfect Dark Zero and Cameo when those came out. Um, I I got an Xbox 360 just for Grand Theft Auto 4. Honestly. Um, <laughs> and then banjo kazooie nuts and bolts came out that that november following that game's release so i i got that and that was kind of my first foray back into microsoft rare um mm-hmm. after kind of you know being doormat you know i I'd, I'd still had all my n64 stuff and still played a lot of uh, rare games but um you know i had kind of fallen off the fandom i guess um but yeah, once I got nuts and bolts, I was like, "Oh, I love this!" and I really enjoyed it. You know, a lot of people give that game crap for being vastly different, and it was. You know, both again, art style was very different, but also the the whole core gameplay loop was entirely different. Um, going from kind of like a, a 3D platformer slash collectathon to um, like a Lego simulator slash challenge racing challenge, you know, kind of thing. Do
0: you you think it's fair to say that a lot of games during that time really did kind of struggle with an identity crisis, especially with older franchises? Because this this is not an uncommon tale with a lot of other games, regardless of Xbox or or outside of Rare and stuff. Do you think that that maybe had a a part in it where they just didn't know how they could keep things kind of fresh and they were just experimenting with stuff? Or or do you think that this was just they wanted to to get away from what they were used to and and just do something completely different
1: uh, po- probably a combination of both you know it's that era was very much a transitional phase for the gaming industry as a whole i think um and i and i say that kind of thinking like as games moved into 3d you know the n64 and the playstation um you saw a lot of struggles with you know big franchises like sonic the hedgehog kind of struggled moving into 3D um whereas you had other it ones like does. mario and zelda that did it very gracefully but like were very different games to their 2D counterparts um and yeah. so you know you, you kind of look at those types of transitions and then you know you had other established games like banjo kazooie and then moving another generation or two forward a similar type of transition seemed to have happened, but I think it just had to do more with like having a more capable, powerful system and trying new things that they couldn't do on the N64, for example. So it was sort of like the industry was was pushing for new innovative, changing you know of things. Also you know the the design director of, of the banjo series, uh, Greg Males, also the original design director of Sea of Thieves. Uh, you know, his game making philosophy in general is kind of like, Come up with an idea, either something new and original or t- an improved an existing one. Do it better than it has ever been done. Do it differently than ever been done. Maybe do a sequel to that to perfect the ideas and then move on. You know, if you kind of follow yeah. his lineage of games, it's kind of, you know, he did a few games on the NES and, and the Game Boy, I think, and then kind of his first big design gig was Donkey Kong Country. He then did Donkey Kong Country Two. And then moved on to banjo kazooie did banjo tui, and then moved on to grab by the Ghoulies. like it was his kind of his m o and so I think that's yeah. kind of what had happened um, you know he just likes to try different new things, you know Viva pinata was his and and uh, banjo kazooie nuts some bolts after that, so anyway, yeah, I <laughs> continuing on um. When Rare did put out Kinect Sports, I thought it was really cool, and uh, I didn't have a Kinect initially, but I did play it over at a friend's house and, and really enjoyed it. It lacked the charm and and the characters that you'd normally get out of Rare games, which you know I think a lot of the reason people like Rare games was kind of the, the mascot charm of the Donkey Kong series, the Banjo series, etc., um, yeah so it was it was a little different and and tough but you know people complaining about oh you know why is rare just making motion games like rare made a motion game for the original nintendo for like for the power glove so it's not like they were strangers to that they kind of were known throughout their entire existence of, of trying either a new genre or or you know a new tech peripheral you know there there wasn't a ton of games designed explicitly for the power glove yet there was rare on the nes with nintendo doing it way back then
0: yeah and i mean they had we and not had they not played around with you know silicon graphics we wouldn't have the donkey kong that we did if they didn't play around with you know racing games we probably would have never gotten diddy kong racing and you know thanks to uh you know roms getting out we found out that you know dinosaur planet was kind of their own their own deal before mm-hmm. it became star Fax, or star Fox <laughs> star fox adventures mm-hmm. and you know had had star fox not been slapped on the cover uh through nintendo i i imagine they probably would have had a really awesome game to to push out for the either the n64 or the gamecube it was hard to know how ready that game mm-hmm. would have been but you know they they love kind of playing around in their own worlds and we we see that with sea of thieves so As we kind of get past Connect Sports and into Sea of Thieves, uh, we're we're still working our way towards how you got to the studio.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Um,
0: how how did you get into Sea of Thieves uh, news? Like when did you start following that?
1: So basically, the day it was revealed at E3, they they did kind of this one-two punch. Again, just real quick, leading up to that E3, Platonic was formed. Um, they did their Kickstarter. I, it was just really exciting, kind of got me back into the, the rare fandom um, because, you know, it was. Ukulele was pitched as this Banjo Kazooie spiritual successor. So I was really excited about that. That happened like April or May of 2015. And then Sea of Thieves was, was revealed at E3 in June of 2015. So, you know, rare. Rare hadn't done much. The last thing they'd put out was Connect Sports uh, Rivals on the Xbox One. You know, since yeah. before that was Connect Sports Two and Connect Sports One. So from 2010 to 2015, they'd put out three Connect Sports games, and that was it. The fandom was kind of floundering, for lack of a you know any other term, um, because it seemed they were kind of just relegated as this you know Connect Studio or whatever. Um, yeah. Anyway, but leading up to that E3 in 2015. Um, With the excitement around ukulele and all of that, I you know I kind of was starting to pay more attention, and then Rare Replay gets announced at E3, and then immediately after Sea of Thieves was announced, and it was just like I lost my mind. You know, growing up as a big Rare fan, but also as a big pirate fan. um, Real real quick aside on that, my family used to decorate our house every Halloween, our entire first floor of our house as a pirate ship and oh that's cool we'd have like so we had like a big bay window on our front of our living room so we would build like the, the bow of a ship out of the front of that window and make it kind of look like oh, a, a captain's cool. cabin window because it was a curved window so we'd have yeah. a bow of a ship and then people could walk in our front door walk through the living room and there would be you know it was basically the entryway we had a, a little foyer we'd we'd set up like a castle that was being sieged and then after you <laughs> uh, went into the living room. Then it was like we had hardwood floors. So it was like a ship's uh, deck. And we'd set up like a helm in the window with a bunch of plastic skeletons and black lights and a fog machine. And, you know, it was it was really cool. And we'd let kids like walk through and, and uh, look at stuff, kind of like a walkthrough exhibit. And then, you know, give them candy. And then they'd go out to the backyard. And we'd have, um, we had this effect that my, my younger brother kind of mastered where we, we'd put like a fake cannon with a um a light that was on a microphone sensor and we'd play just like cannon fire and thunder and stuff and it would just flash the cannons whenever the boom would happen in the in the sound and then like the fog machine would just kind of always be going and we'd kind of just have it shooting out of the cannon and then he'd put up a, a screen on the other side of our pool and it was like a, a rear projection screen. So you'd have like a ghost like kind of go by every once in a while. Anyway, it was, there was so many cool effects we used to do. Um, all that's to yeah. say that I was a huge pirate fan already. Rare had been doing piratey games since... Uh, I mean, for almost as long as they've been around. Like, there's always pirate references. They did the uh, the NES port of Sid Meier's pirates. They worked on Donkey Kong Country 2, obviously very pirate-themed. Um, so here, back to... E three two thousand fifteen, they announced a pirate game that's in first person, looks super you know stylized, and I was really excited. I uh, that's when I set up my Twitter account was after that was shown off, um, Rare fanatic, and uh, I originally was just planning to kind of maybe make a little fan site of my own, just like a retro blog or something, but um, mm-hmm. set up the Twitter handle first, and so I started following. Uh, they set up a, a handle for Captain Bones. Uh, some people. Yeah. <laughs> been around a while might remember that twitter handle and that character um and that character of captain bones which is classic rare very sarcastic tongue-in-cheek um you know kind of would roast you on on twitter or you know mm-hmm. all that good stuff so i started following that and you know around that same time rare and friends was starting with uh with dave and you know i started listening to that podcast and the dk vine podcast and i was just kind of really getting into the fandom um and so over the next i, I you know it was really just like 6 to 9 months I, I followed the the breadcrumb clues that rare was kind of dropping about the game they, they would put out a little piece of concept art maybe once a week um some riddles that kind of alluded to some gameplay but we didn't really understand um because back then i mean that that first teaser really doesn't show a whole lot it shows a guy looking at the sun on an island which we later found out is Cannon Cove in a very early state uh walks down to a ship and then goes onto the ship and there's a, a battle and that's it like a yeah. little bit of walking around at night with a lantern and some fireflies so we didn't really yeah, know what the nope. game was or whatever it's like okay maybe it looks like a pirate fantasy but is it going to be a narrative one we you know whatever so we follow these clues whatever so spring of 2016 uh in march rare launches the sea of thieves twitter handle and with it the play It first contest and so what it was is they wanted you to submit either artwork or a video of why or how excited you were to play sea of thieves and they would select six winners to to fly out to the studio to be the first in the world to play the game and i i Saw that announcement and I just was like, "I am going to win this. I am going to win this. I nothing's going to stop me." So <laughs> that afternoon, I put together like nine different concepts of video ideas that you know I potentially could make. You know, one was like me decorating my car like a pirate ship and you know going around as a pirate in my neighborhood. Um, some other I, I can't remember some of the other ones. I don't have that list pulled up right now, but eventually a bunch of them I consolidated into one coherent kind of like screenplay basically like i actually wrote out a screenplay (laughs) and my wife is a she was a, a theater major she's a pretty talented actress if i may say um so i recruited her to kind of do and this is it ended up being like an office style documentary kind of look at the camera talk about whatever's happening and then show a scene of some shenanigans I had never yeah. seen The Office. I didn't even know that that was a format. I just I just sort of <laughs> um, was spoofing, which I guess Rare had put out a video for Talk Like a Pirate Day in 2015 that was sort of similar and that might be what I was inspired by, um, mm. where it had uh, Bobby, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, Lamerind, uh, one of the old community managers, and uh, John McMurtry dressed as pirates going around Rare as pirate consultants and... Uh, <laughs> So I, I basically was doing a spoof of that more than anything and uh long story short put this video together uh I'm proud of it I, it was pretty funny uh, it turned it out really well It's a good video. Thank you. <laughs> it's cheesy as heck but um so oh, I put yeah. that out and uh, like just a week after they announced the contest the contest was open for like 6 weeks and I and I know I could have worked longer on it but they did say like we're going to do first come first serve. So don't dilly daddle. Like if we like a video right off the bat, we will pick it and you know notify the winners. So I was like, okay, I got to do this quick. So I, I wrote all that in the first week that weekend, my wife and I drove down to the Oregon coast, filmed a few scenes and then uh, used her parents' house to film a few other scenes. And I edited it together at like one in the morning on a Sunday night and submitted it as, you know, as my contest entry on Monday morning and like that Thursday, I got an email from, from Emma, mini squish, basically just telling me that I'd won and, you know, can't announce anything until they announced the winners at the end of April. And this is like the beginning of March. And I was like, oh no, oh I have wow. to sit on this information, you know? Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> it was awful. It was so hard. You know, it was, um, <laughs> it was kind of crazy, you know, and all these other nope. winners had, had no names.
0: Who, who did you actually tell? <laughs> did, how um, many? How many number? Num, give me, give me like a number of friends that you actually did. Tell. Emma, Emma is not with the company. She's,
1: of, <laughs> she's over. Yeah, I think uh, I'm past NDA, right? Um, I think I probably told like six people, like kind of just my closest, closest friends. You yeah. know, for one, it's like I'm gonna be gone for a couple of weeks. Like they should probably know why. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. it's kind of weird and creepy if I'm like, oh, I can't talk <laughs> about it like you're, yeah what? <laughs> you have to, you have as, to get a passport as, and you can't talk about it that's not yeah weird <laughs> um, but yeah i told i told a few of my closest friends about it and
0: uh, i feel there's there's some people you have to set things up you gotta you gotta make sure there's a a, a pet setter or a pet sitter and you gotta make sure that folks mm-hmm. know like you know why you're gonna be missing work and
1: yeah and, you know, and there's, where you'll be in case of an emergency if exactly something terrible some folks, yeah
0: but it we can't be jumping on Twitter and being like, I
1: would, I would. That was never yeah. gonna believe it. Here's the email. That was the that was the main thing. They didn't want they didn't want the community at whole at large to to know what was happening or when it was happening. Um yeah. and in retrospect, like the reason why was because it was for their E3 that year. And I, I totally get why they didn't want us telling everybody. But it was it was hard information to sit on because even once it happened. So like I had to sit on the announcement for five weeks or whatever. But then after the announcement, I had to sit on actually that we were going to England, had to sit on that for like six weeks um, until it happened. And then Man. when we got back, I had to sit on it for another three weeks before E3. So like, oh <laughs> it was like several months where all this stuff happened and wasn't allowed to talk about it. Couldn't really say anything on Twitter. Um, I set up a bunch of like fake tweets to go out while I was in the UK that were kind of like timed to where I lived. Um, you
0: covering your trails. Oh yo, yeah.
1: It was like, Oh man, modern warfare two is on backwards compatibility. I can't wait to go play that. No, I was playing sea of thieves.
0: <laughs> oh my God. So, okay. So you get to rare, you're playing sea of thieves. You, you get to meet all these awesome people Yeah, and you you start running into other ranf, uh, rare fans. Yeah. What is it like running into a group of people who you you probably know a fair amount of them mm-hmm. through Twitter and through forums, but what's it like being in the same room at, at the studio with a bunch of other people that are just as passionate about the the folks that you're there to see uh at the same time because I know that there's I know you're on NDA for the stuff that you actually did. I don't think that that's ever going to go away. And I'm sure there's probably stuff that you can't talk about that you'd love to, but as far as just like getting to be with other huge rare fans, what, what kind of feeling is that when you all just kind of sit around and sit down and start talking about their games?
1: That was, that was honestly one of the highlights of the trip for me was getting to meet some of the other fans. Um, you know, because like you, like you said, I had kind of been building up a, a relationship with all of them through Twitter and, and various uh, other outlets through like the DK Vine forum and stuff like that. Um, so kind of getting to meet Heil and Chad, the, the co-founders of DK Vine, getting to meet Amir, uh, better known as one Falcon and rare thief in this community. Um, the pirate port radio guys who I had, I had guested on their podcast. Um, way back before we'd gone to rare yeah um one funny aside on that is um amir had been on their show the week before me um and then i was on it and uh in addition to the six contest winners they they invited six uh fan site people which included um amir the two pirate port radio guys and one of the dk vine guys um and then the other one won the contest but uh the funniest thing is that Amir had been on their show then I was on their show and all four of us knew that we were going to rare but none of us could tell the other ones and like we didn't know that they knew or whatever and we didn't even know that they were going so it was really funny like (laughs) kind of talking about it when we all got to the UK it was like oh my god I knew when I was on the show and I wanted to talk about it so bad and they're like we knew too and we were like we wanted to talk about it so bad (laughs) it was just it was really funny oh that's funny um but man I tell you like that first uh the first day that we were there we kind of all met up at the hotel hung out had a dinner um at the hotel and uh it was really cool um you know some of them who won the contest weren't like huge diehard rare fans but um i think kind of being around the those of us who were it was kind of infectious and you know like they were they were aware of rare and and played some of their older stuff but they weren't you know as crazy diehard as as some of us were <laughs> um but anyway, it was a good time
0: it's one of the interesting things about sea of Thieves. i was listening to oh gosh what was i the xbox drive podcast recently mm-hmm. and it's it's so funny to hear the difference between xbox fans versus sea of Thieves fans because you and i can sit here and talk sea and we and we're definitely going to for those that are wondering <laughs> um that they can they can talk about Xbox so passionately, mm-hmm. and all the great things that are going on with the with the ecosystem, with the studios, uh, with the company itself, and they can just go into that and then still feel like they are just not Sea of Thieves fans. And I'm like, but Sea of Thieves is like one of the one of the the company's best games right now. Mm-hmm. Like of all the games being played, Sea of Thieves is probably up there with gears of of war or gears now they just call it gears i guess and halo Mm -hmm. and i'm just sitting here and i'm like okay well halo forza gears and sea of thieves are the four pillars of Mm -hmm. of this the studios that are going on right now you can't tell me that you that you do an xbox podcast and aren't absolutely in love with sea of thieves because even though i don't necessarily play like forza that much i still really appreciate the fact that that game is beautiful and i love jumping on it whenever i can Mm -hmm. but it's it's just so crazy to me. I I just I I'm so surprised that, that and, and it comes down to like this thing And I'm like, I think it's just some people are just really big pirate fans. So when you talk about how how you got to meet people that weren't necessarily huge rare fans, I'm like, you know, I could kind of see that because I think there's a, a thing that with sea of thieves where it's just, you know, f- people who are huge fans of history and pirates tend to gravitate towards sea of thieves. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of folks that played the game were history teachers and, and just absolutely loved piracy and, and the, 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 the kind of draw that's come for it. I mean, I grew up, you know, with Disney and Pirates of the Caribbean right has always been in my blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, when, when they started coming out with the movies, I was like, finally vindication. I'm so glad, yes. <laughs> you know, even, even back in the, uh, gosh, what was it? The early, early two thousands when we had the old pirate versus ninja, oh yeah
1: the the wars (laughs) of pirate
0: versus ninja Mm -hmm. you know i was always pirate and it it, never and it was never a question it was like they're the best they're (laughs) the coolest you can't argue these things so Mm -hmm. kids these days don't even know about the war of pirate versus they don't they have no idea it's so crazy to me that that's still a thing that that yeah that was a. (laughs) there are some things that happen in life that you can never forget and the war of pirate versus ninja was definitely one of those um so with sea of thieves you got to play the 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 main game i want to skip forward to uh kind of where where we're getting close to where we're at now we've we've already gone through the release we've seen the mediocre response by the media the diehards uh appreciated the game for for what the the bones of the game was Mm -hmm. and trusted rare to to bring the content uh afterwards we're already past the first year anniversary with Tall Tales, which I, I mean, we, we could gush about Tall Tales, all that, but we got a lot to get into. <laughs> and we're getting past uh, year two with emissary systems and not having a refresh for an entire year on the, the emissary content. Uh, now, as we get into season two, I got to talk to you about emissaries because. I personally am absolutely a huge fan of emissaries i love the idea the ledger brings a, a wealth of content that is very diehard to the factions if if those are what you you know if you love the trading companies if you if you see yourself as a merchant of death a merchant of alliance representative or an order of souls you get rewarded for that and you do so by actually supporting those trade factions uh so I, I'm, I'm curious From your perspective with the emissary system, are you a big fan of it? Is it something that you dip into from time to time? Do you not care at all? Like, where do you kind of land with the
1: emissaries? It's an interesting one. Um, My first experience, it's one that I like, I am fairly active in insiders, and not to go into any insider. Uh, details here but i did not try emissaries before it went into the main game so my first experience with it when it went live you know last year whatever i didn't fully understand the concept of what it was for and i didn't really understand what was going to happen so i put up my flag and start my thing I, i spawned into plunder outpost i set sail heading north and the rock that's just north of Plunder, that's kind of between Snake Island and Plunder Outpost, there's just a brig hiding there and just sunk me immediately. And I got oh. so mad and frustrated. And I was like, this emissary system sucks. It's just a big target on your back. <laughs> and if you're playing solo, like, you're just screwed. Like, people are just going to wreck you and troll you all day. So I kind of just didn't touch it again for a while. Um, I really got into it a little more. Later, when I was invited onto um, DK Vine's Stream of Thieves, their kind of weekly Sea of Thieves show that they do on Twitch, mm. um, I joined them. We got basically two or three ships on a on a server, and we were just kind of trying to do some, some uh, Reaper's Emissary stuff. I, I can't remember if it was like an, an event at the time or whatever it was, but we were kind of just... Basically, cheesing the system, which I hate, you know. But it, whatever. It was really fun. I had a great time.
0: <laughs> tools, um, not rules. That's so it. That's that's all exactly. It's
1: tools, not rules.
0: You're not cheesing. Granted, there are some people that cheese the system. Yes. And 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 I I can definitely appreciate the folks that feel like they should should have some sort of vindication or, or some retribution, whatever. You, however you feel about it, but there's a lot of things that you can do in this game that don't necessarily fall in line with what people would call traditional. So I, I don't blame anyone for, for utilizing those because the things that you do, those experiences completely reflect how you your memories of it. So if you cheated it and you feel like you cheated it and you're okay with that, then those are the memories that you had. And I you can't change my memories of it because the way that I did it was completely valid as well. I so like don't <laughs> don't think that anything that people do it's a pirate game. It's it's a game where we're just going out and playing playing to be pirate. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be in good sport. There's some folks that take it way too seriously. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and really need to back down on, yeah. on some of the things. It's not historically accurate, but it is historically emulative. Emulative? I can't remember if that's a word <laughs> or not. I'm emulating of the history. So. Yeah there's there's a little play in there so don't don't feel like you're betraying the code because you you cheated or or you know got away with some some fun stuff through reapers but <laughs> sorry i didn't mean i wanted to just kind of jump in there i felt like i had to defend your honor
1: i appreciate that um so you know i had a good time on on their stream of thieves and i, I kind of saw a new side of it and and how it, the multiply the multiplier works and all that um so i gave it a, a little another shot after that and I don't usually do emissary on like a regular session. It just, I don't like PVP and it draws attention more often than not. So I just don't do it for that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, to kind of help a couple friends complete season one last week, I did um, a couple of runs as a gold hoarder emissary and just kind of did some vaults and we had a really good time. And, and you know, the, the payout is incredible. It, It definitely makes it worth it. Um, but it also helps being on a big competent crew. You know, I was on a galleon with, um, uh, Jeff from golden sands blog post who I know has been on this show before. Uh, he and I were helping uh, two of our other friends that kind of work on DK vine with him and, uh, they, they were trying to get those last 10 levels or so. And we had, a, we had a great time and, and nobody messed with us and, and it wasn't a big deal at all. Um,
0: i do think that that is a, a a big aspect of the emissary system it's it's mm-hmm. always really impressive to see smaller ships out there with emissary flags who feel <laughs> yeah. confident yeah. in their abilities because yeah that's that's the thing like when you get it when you get a galleon and you're running as reapers not too many you know you tend to feel a little more a little more comfortable because you got some backup that, that's right. how i feel yeah. all the time I, I can sail around solo as much as i want i can handle just about anything but mm-hmm. Anytime there's another ship, I always kind of think in the back of my head, God, it would be nice if I had another body on the ship in case something stupid happens. Yes,
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so, but yeah. So, and, oh, I was going to say, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. I was going to say, so I, I tried out the uh, the new season two emissary update for the Merchant Alliance uh, yesterday. Um, and honestly, I really like it. I, it just I felt like a little bit of role playing in, within the game, where I'm, I'm a representative of the of the Merchant Alliance, and I have some important deliveries to make. And it's really cool. I like the the new trade system with uh, the the value and where to get them and the the commodity trading. I think it's brilliant. So I'm now a converted fan. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Yeah, that's that, and that's kind of the thing is is I've always I've always felt like the trade companies, you know, back in back in the the early days uh mike chapman would go on and on about how the trade companies were their own groups of people and you know you wanted to try and align yourself and and i remember before the game came out all we had was gold hoarders and i really just Mm -hmm. i fell in love with the compass i fell in love with the maps and you know doing the the you know plundering of of some other pirate's treasure and that aspect of it just kind of latched on I've, uh, ever since I've just been a huge fan of the gold hoarders. So when you know the emissary system comes in, I'm like, yes, thank you." because uh, back in the day, you know, i I don't think anyone knew until the game came out that you know we knew that there were going to be other trade companies. We mm-hmm. didn't get to play around with them until pretty late into the beta. I think it was like one of the the actual stress tests for yeah. the servers mm-hmm. that we actually got to try out. Uh, Order of Souls I think right. was the only I don't even remember if they had merchants online Merchants at that time. didn't
1: come in until like a week Before the game launched
0: <laughs> Yeah it was really late that we got to even Play around with those mm-hmm. So you know when, when it came down to it In my mind I always thought you had to pick one and you oh. were just going to be, you were going to be stuck to that. So it, in my mind, I had been like, oh, well, I love the gold hoarder. I love the compass. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, walking my paces and digging. Like that was a, that was the pirate idea in my mind. You know, you, 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 long John Silver has this cache of gold out on Skull Island and you go, you go out with him to go find it and, you know, chaos ensues. That was always the pirate life for me. So I was always I laid into that. so when when that didn't be the case, I was like, all right, well, that's fine. you know, i can I, I can understand why they don't want to cut people off from other companies if this is the content that they're bringing to the game for now. And going into emissaries, I was like, we're I felt like we kind of got a little bit of that life back. I feel like we kind of got that that role play that yeah. I was anticipating with the original game kind of back into the game. so i'm I'm happy with the emissaries just purely because I feel rewarded for playing the the type of pirate that I want to be. You know, there's there's plenty of pirates out there that like how they play and most of them generally gravitate in the in the game form as a reaper because that's the the best way to to earn gold. It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. like they love PvP. Some people love the PvP. Some people just absolutely go in for the Reapers and I don't blame them for that. But Mm -hmm. some people just play Reapers because you can turn everything into the Reaper with the emissary and get a bonus for it and and I don't besmirch anyone for playing that way. Mm -hmm. It's just not the it's not the fantasy that I'm going into the game for uh when I'm doing it. So the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that pirates let's get back to the show. I wanted to jump into the actual emissaries as far as the commodities because if, if folks aren't familiar this is a brand new system to Sea of Thieves that finally I feel like actually represents the merchant alliance yeah. in the yeah. sense it feels like as we've been playing merchant alliance it's always been go out get these things for someone mm-hmm. we never knew who someone was mm-hmm. they were always just someone and we never understood like you know how were these getting shipped out of the sea of thieves was somebody taking <laughs> these out and it hasn't been it hasn't been until like the last year that we got the the well heck even even before then just the the first two seasons now, uh, merchants really feels like it's come into its own. We have the the uh, shipment tracking for mm-hmm. uh, ships that that were lost at sea, which feels like a, a huge thing. You know, yeah. if you if you look at piracy, piracy was all about taking down trade ships merchant Mm -hmm. ships yeah from different factions and it was like well how come we're never doing that with the merchant alliance we're always just gathering stuff it didn't make sense to me so when we actually get to go out and gather the lost the lost uh supply crates Mm -hmm. from these these shipments i was like yes Mm -hmm. this is pirating this Mm -hmm. was what pirates did they went out and they they gathered treasure from other ships now granted most of those ships got sunk as a result but (laughs) there were other times where the ships were sunk but there was just so much that they could only fill their hulls with so much and then they had to go back and other ships would come and kind of scavenge off of those that wreckage Mm -hmm. and we got a little bit of that with the uh, the merchant alliance um in in the sense that you're kind of recovering stuff but now we have these commodities and you've gotten to play around with these i have not Mm. uh the the commodities and i actually want to refer to the the emissary write-up that um chris devil devil's kiss davies which i still (laughs) i'm still stumbling over that uh if anyone watched the sea of thieves um podcast episode or listened to that recently uh which by the way rare where where's my episode two where it's it's been a week (laughs) come on man this is how podcasts work give me this weekly content i gotta be living (laughs) off of something here Uh, So so Chris Devils Kiss Davies wrote in uh, or didn't write in he wrote up a a very nice kind of explainer for emissaries but down towards the bottom it actually kind of dives into commodities and he uh, he kind of sets up the question for folks that may be asking this how can I profit from commodities and trade routes. Uh, So he writes, and this is another perk of emissary life. The Merchant Alliance possesses countless crates of unsorted commodities that need distributing across the outposts, allowing company representatives to audit their contents and make them ready for sale. With their usual shipping methods disrupted, the merchants will now enlist their emissaries to deliver commodity crates to the outposts that need them the most. Head to the Merchant Alliance station at any outpost to view their commodity inventory, which is going to be a little book next to the, to the trade company representative. You can look in that book and see what who needs what and how much. Uh, this will inform you which commodities are in surplus and which are sought after at outposts in each region purchasing stock and taking it to where it's most in demand will prove to be highly profitable particularly if you've reached a high emissary grade so and if from what i understand this is actually something that cycles every week uh Mm -hmm. it'll it'll be a a different value different uh, delivery route or routes and things like that so Mm -hmm. what i what i was thinking and and maybe you can Uh, kind of say if this is a good way or a bad way was to grab one of the lost shipment voyages uh, throw down an emissary get to grade five because that's usually enough to do it with that and then find where the best trade routes are going to be and start working on uh, these commodity crates is is, do you think that would be a pretty solid approach for folks
1: that's an interesting question i hadn't thought of that um because these crates are like unique to the commodities they they look a little different than the ones that you recover uh normally for the for the trading company for the merchants um so i don't know if they would be worth it in that regard because it kind of feels like its own isolated thing and i don't know if that's correct or not because i haven't really dove. Too far into it beyond just, I looked up what was, on the surplus on the outpost I spawned in. I collected those from the. Right, you have to buy them, uh, from the merchants. Yeah. Um, and I assume if it's in surplus, that means it's cheaper to buy there than it is anywhere else. Um, and then they do have, like when you're buying from that merchant, they do have other items. So you could buy them at maybe regular cost, but still sell them for a profit if you decide to go around the map to the other outposts. Um, but I only did the ones that were in surplus at that island, took them all to the island they were in demand. Um, and then I did a did it again. I kind of basically did a, a triangle so it was like uh-huh. Galleon's Grave to Ancient Spire to Dagger Tooth, and it was kind of just doing that. I am curious if doing it in tandem with the other with the the other New Voyage would be beneficial or not, or if it's kind of would just be fun. <laughs> um, yeah, but did you
0: yeah, did just, you play when they had the uh, the mercenary missions where you had to pick up? crates from one sea post and take yes. it to another
1: uh, i did that i that one encouraged a lot of pvp because everybody ended up at the same island um yeah i did it once and uh, just got wrecked at shipwreck bay and kind of just backed off and didn't do the rest of it so <laughs> that's um, fair but it is it is like that where you know you're looking for a specific crate type and then you'll take it to where it says to
0: yeah that's uh, that was kind of one of the the moments when i was thinking about this is is it felt like something that they were putting into the game that we had that had kind of been beta tested through the merchant voyages and i was thinking about that because uh, the more i thought about it the more i was thinking about what type of voyages we did on those where we actually had to get something and take it to somewhere else mm-hmm. or we had set islands that had like um, you know, there was the the mercenary voyage where you had to go between Wanderer's Refuge to Plunder Valley mm-hmm. to Wanderer's Refuge to <laughs> Discovery Bay and yeah. back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And that felt like very much like the testing of treasure vaults where you would go you were going to go from one island to another, but there was going to be one island where there's a a huge surplus of just chests mm-hmm. and you were going to be on that island for a while mm-hmm. and it was a it was a known island for uh for for pirates to be at during mm-hmm. that time so it encouraged put people to go there for pvp as well because they knew yeah. that's where people were going to go and, and much like treasure vaults a lot of people know what islands the treasure vaults are on. well i say a lot of people know I would hope that a lot of people know. I've seen a lot of people not blundering uh, barrels that they can't access lately, so I can't really <laughs> trust that people really know this stuff. True. I have to just assume that they that they don't in this case. Um, so there are a lot of islands that have set locations for treasure vaults, and I wonder mm-hmm. if if, you know, if the testing for, for mercenary voyages wasn't indicative of what we were going to be seeing in the future, similar to where we had these shipments uh, that you had to go from Shipwreck Bay to different sea posts and from sea post to sea post, if that was kind of them testing out whether or not this commodity trade route system would be something that people would engage with.
1: Yeah. No, that's a, that's an interesting observation. It, it is very similar. And if it wasn't testing for this, it, I'm sure this must have been inspired at least by kind of what they saw happen with that. So yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Cause
0: really love that. They're, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was
1: gonna say, cause these are, you know, these are set routes and you can kind of camp out in the middle and see who's doing what. And if you see that they've got a merchant emissary flag up, you can kind of guess what they're doing and where they're going based on, you know, direction. So if you see them coming from the direction of one outpost towards the direction of another outpost and they've got that Merchant emissary up, pretty good chance they've got some of those commodities aboard.
0: And there's going to be a really good opportunity starting on the 22nd for players to actually engage in that type of piracy because if you don't know, the Reapers versus the World challenges is going to be our first event and it's going to be going from April 22nd to June 22nd. Now, bear in mind, folks uh, that are listening to this, it kicks off on April 22nd, but that's when the gold hoarder emissary stuff starts. The order of souls stuff doesn't kick in until May 6th, but then on May 20th is when the flags of finance uh, week actually or week month actually kicks up, and you can actually start reaping some of the merchant alliance. But also, that is going to be a great time to be flying as the merchant alliance emissary because the the challenges are set in place to have long-term goals um so if you if you're looking at the long-term goals you're going to want to play as a reaper and try and reap some of these different emissaries but each week uh or each each date that these kick up each week is or i keep saying week april 22nd to june 22nd Mm -hmm. is going to be when you can fly as the the gold hoarder and earn the rewards for there and they've got set challenges that are built in so you you know it's going to be obvious stuff you know fly as a as a gold hoarder emissary with the flag get it to grade five turn in some treasure as a result sail some miles do skeleton four things like that and much like with the the merchant alliance you've got one where it's like hey represent the merchant alliance and hand in merchant alliance specific stuff as an emissary at rank five while sailing Around uh, round with trade goods and lost shipments, uh, doing stuff as, as that faction, you know, deliver, uh, flame hearts, ashen lords, uh, skulls to, to the mur- or No, no defeat flame hearts, ashen lords as, uh, an emissary. So mm-hmm. I, I really love that as a way to kind of bring back that, that fervor that the year two emissary system launched with Mm -hmm. their their first event uh which i'm glad i don't know about you but i love that this is actually something that like the the merchant alliance doesn't even start for a month yeah but it's it's going to kick off with gold hoarders and it's going till the end of june essentially to to really kind of get people like hey there's going to be a few months where it's you're gonna get double rewards. You're gonna get the rewards for actually flying as those emissaries and hopefully earning into that 25% to get those new emissary uh cosmetics for each of the representatives. But also there's going to be a gold hoarder lantern, an order of souls spyglass, a merchant alliance compass, which mm-hmm. I'm I'm so torn about right there but and then a a title for the different weeks i i just don't know why the the compass is the the merchant alliance the merchant alliance already had the best compass for the the, you know through the actual reputation yeah yeah like that is the best compass for merchant alliance i don't know about this one but i'm (laughs) I'm gonna put that aside and think about it some some other time when i'm in you know crying myself to sleep in my (laughs) pillow that's fine so I'm I'm looking forward to this Reap Reapers versus the World uh, event um, with seasons. Jeff, I gotta ask, uh, how did you like season one's events?
1: Um, I was not fully aware of them and didn't participate. Uh, <laughs> I really they didn't play get Play this you in. game so differently. I just I play in small bursts solo, and I will very rarely ever put down a voyage or participate in anything happening in the world um again because i i try to avoid other players as much as i can i'm i'm an adventure pirate through and through yeah i'm a pacifist um not to say that i I won't mess someone up if they try and take me on but right uh you know i just that's not how i enjoy the game so Um, I pretty much spent season one replaying the tall tales. I went through all those, Mm. and then just island hopping. I'll hop on, you know, maybe for an hour or two, just either go towards uh, the nearest large island to wherever I spawn, or if I find a um, like a voyage in a barrel at the outpost, then I'll go do that first, and then usually I'll just. You know you pick up a bottle on the beach or see a shipwreck or whatever and that's it that's that's how i play i'll just kind of hop between those things find the emergent treasures and or the emergent voyages do those and then cash in and call it a night (laughs) so oh um, great that is that's that is my play style
0: yeah see that's that's uh, i said social but that's that is my solo play like that is my favorite thing to do Mm -hmm. when when i don't have anyone else to play with i love hopping onto a ship sailing out heck half the time i don't even take the ship i find a rowboat and then i use the rowboat nice uh And I, I I just, I love wandering around islands. Mm -hmm. Part of it is because I love looking for little tidbits of lore. Like if I can find something fresh on an island, I love trying to hunt down that, which is why I'm so poor because I'm not out reaping and and, uh, (laughs) when I'm solo and I'm not out, like I'm not usually when I'm solo, I don't have an objective. I Mm -hmm. just go out and look at stuff. Exactly. And that it's a detriment when they put out really cool cosmetics that I can't just buy from the Emporium because I'm like oh god this is awesome I need to actually play with people so I can I can leech off of (laughs) leech off of their desire to murder people and and get that pvp out of my system because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump in call of call of duty and I'm not gonna jump on like Valorant or something but I do enjoy shooting things and I do enjoy swashbucklings Mm -hmm. so when I get those, when I get to sail with other people and I have that, that, that feeling like, okay, well, this isn't too bad because I, I can actually, I can actually go in and enjoy the, the pirate versus pirate aspect of yeah, the game, yeah. uh, which I actually, I, we were talking a little bit before we were recording, but I actually got to do half of the Fort of Fortune, which okay. was really crazy because I, I, I landed on the server and I was talking to Lorena and it was, it was like the normal thing that I do when I get in on the first day is I go talk to Lorena and I read through all of her different lore options because she usually has very contextual uh, voice or, or not voice, but, you know, text mm-hmm. based on the event. So I was just digging through those and seeing if there's any little tidbits, nothing too special, mostly just talking about emissaries and such. But as I was like going through those options, I hear the Hans Zimmer clacks and sound and i was like oh, it's up it's up it's two in the morning is anyone awake i need someone we're, we're gonna go do a fort a fortune it's gonna be fun and playing on insiders i'd known what to expect so i was kind of mm-hmm. going into it um but when i when i got halfway to the fort i i was no one was responding in discord they all abandoned me i was oh. left alone so i was like all right Time to open crew this baby, and I turned on <laughs> Open Crew on the sloop, and I'm playing on an Xbox only server because that's the preference that I have set for my Series X. Because I just <laughs> I benefit from I I benefit from the speed. Yeah, it's so fast, and I'm like, well, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play on my Xbox, I at least want to feel a sense of fair uh, fairness between who I'm fighting against. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad I did because whoa, oh, baby, I got to that fort. And I had I had uh, Mr. Rando, um, who's a good friend of mine, and he and I were, were playing, uh, you know, kill skeleton game. How many skeletons can you kill on the fort of the fortune? Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this at the time, and and I feel like maybe I'd kind of missed out on it uh, when I when I played on Insiders. But that fort spawns so many skeleton captains, many of them with kegs, and oh, when they <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, it was kind of fun. It was, it was you know, it was, it was pretty I had a good clip. I had a good clip where I was on we were on uh, Hidden Springs keeping, you know that that section of the uh, the the fort where you have the high rise with the uh, with the rocks. There's a mm-hmm. couple a uh, couple barrels in front of the fort door mm-hmm. and then down below you've got that nice kind of little little pond, that little spring right. wake. There's a bunch of barrel uh skellies and regular skellies running to my my best friend Mr. Rando. And I got the, the most perfect like I led the shot from my from my flintlock pistol, and right as it hit, it connected. I saw the indicator, and the keg just went boom, <laughs> and all the skellies are lit up. And I was like, "Yeah, clip that, baby!" So we we were playing on the Fort of the Fortune, and uh, it was it was actually not too long that I saw a brig over by GSO. And I thought, okay, so I, I I used pirate text to Mr. Rando, and Mr. Rando complied with uh, the enemy sighted, and we both checked out the ship, mm-hmm. and it just kind of disappeared after that. And I thought, okay, well, I know it's probably still in the area. I'm willing to bet that it's probably hiding behind rocks because everyone's trying to go for this thing. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of left it at that. You know, I didn't see them coming. I kept checking. You know, kept going up and looking around, seeing if there were any ships. No ships. And then I heard this weird like crunch sound, and I was like. That sounded like a rowboat. oh And I, I went hopping around. I couldn't find a rowboat. And I was like, what the heck is going on? There's no rowboat. So cut to later on. After we had gotten all these skeleton captains dead, which was really nice because they kept dropping little pouches of coin, which mm-hmm. I was really surprised, and, and a, uh, a voyage each time. They had, a, yeah. they had a, a skeleton orders each time. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: uh, we, we grabbed all the skeleton uh, heads and, and brought them over to one section. And mm-hmm. we killed a couple of the skeleton lords, and uh, got the the stronghold skulls from them, mm-hmm. which was amazing. And uh, it was about that time that I went on the I went on the ship, uh, the sloop, to go check and see. I was going to climb up the crow's nest and just take a look around. You know, Hidden Springs Keep is pretty high, but for some reason I decided to go up into the crow's nest. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing I did because boy howdy, there were th- <laughs> there were two pirates in a keg hiding in my in my crow's <laughs> oh, nest. God. and I was like. Oh God. (laughs) So (laughs) one of them bounced immediately. The other one laid there as if, as if I didn't see them. Mm -hmm. So, and they didn't blow up the keg. So I grabbed the keg and I I lit it to Mm -hmm. spook them. Mm -hmm. And uh, about halfway through, I defused it and jumped off the crow's nest into the water a little ways away from uh, the ship. And I left it there because I saw the other, the other pirates were going to get back on my ship. So I got back on my ship. There was still one crow or one crow's nest uh, tucker up there and I hit him with some firebombs and some blunders and knocked him off and he jumped off into the water and I kid you not he jumped off into the water right next to the barrel that I'd left <laughs> off the side of the ship. And I pulled out my flintlock and I just hip shot the the keg and oh, blew him up.
1: Wow, nice.
0: And then the other guy comes at me and he has got uh, a firebomb that he's chucking at the sloop. And I'm like, oh my God. Meanwhile, Mr. Rando, bless his soul, is off killing skeletons. And I'm like, (laughs) enemy sighted, enemy here, I need help. Why aren't you coming? So I'm fending off these two pirates thinking like, there's got to be a third. There's got to be a third. Where's the third? Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I kill the one that was on, that was coming up onto my ship and send. I uh, sent to the ferry, and finally, Mister Rando comes back, and he he's checking out the ship, and he's like, "I don't see anything." You know, he's that's at least in his mind. I, he's right. talking telepathically to me because <laughs> everything he's saying isn't actually coming through, so I'm just putting words in his head at this point. And I don't know about you, but I. Th- I've heard that this was the case and I feel like I was a victim of it because I've heard that the barrel emote that you get in the season pass has a bug where if you use another emote, when you're in the barrel emote, it turns your pirate invisible. Yeah. Which I, I think that is a, that is a rough bug because I can, I can, I can see suspicious barrels and I, and I still don't understand how people aren't blundering these things as soon as they run into (laughs) them and can't interact. Seriously, people, if you can't interact with it, this is why I still go back to my my old saying: bl- barrels that are empty shouldn't have a text that says empty. They should have a giant red X in front of them when you <laughs> run up to them to let me know, like, hey, the, the, this thing is empty. Yeah, and and instead, people wait for the the you know they try and interact with it even if it doesn't show the the, the text and then they move mm-hmm. on and I'm just like, that was a did you, what did you, that is a person? Shoot the person. <laughs> I don't get it.
1: They've been trained but by those fake barrels that are at some of the outposts. The ones that don't. I know. Have anything.
0: <laughs> I know. God. So yeah. So there's. So you know, I'm sitting there and I'm looking in the bottom of my sloop. Everyone should know how many how many barrels are in the bottom of a sloop. So I counted the barrels. None of them, you know, none of them are out of place. Mm-hmm. And I and I I went went about my normal business. I come back after I'm like bucketing the ship and repairing it because you know I blew a keg pretty close to it, and there were a couple couple holes of damage that I had to deal with and i and I kid you not this this pirate appeared in in the barrel like he must have been in the bottom deck invisible because mm. he was in the food barrel, and when I turned around, he was grabbing food out of the barrel and then running back up to top deck and I was like, What the hell' <laughs> I didn't hear anyone climb the ladders and I'm sitting, I've got my Xbox wireless headset. There's a video on my YouTube channel. You guys should go check it out. (laughs) So I've got beautiful sound coming in my ears. I should have heard this dude climb the ladder Mm -hmm. and I didn't. So I don't know about you, but I, I, I genuinely feel like that is what happened, that I got duped by this bug. And I'm really Mm. hoping that it gets hot fixed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, (laughs) I hope they can identify that and hot fix it like before the next update, like maybe throughout next week or something. I don't know. Cause yeah, that's, that's that's (laughs) going to really mess things up if people figure out how to really exploit that. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Especially if the streamers start getting into that and start showing it off, it's going to be, I mean, you're going to have to just start laying fire onto your ship or blender bombs (laughs) or something. Cause I mean, how do you know at that point? Like, you know, there's, if you can see a pirate tucking, that's one thing. If you see a suspicious barrel, that's another. But not being able to see anything, yeah. like that, that you can't that is that mm-hmm. is game breaking at that point. Yeah. Uh so I'm Mr. Rando um was was doing his best. I I you know at that point I, I pulled the ship up to where we had all of our skulls. I harpooned all the skulls off of it. He dropped sail uh as the brakes came out from behind the uh, the actual um the rocks that they were hiding behind. Mm-hmm. And we, we made it out with what we had. Uh, you know, we, we killed them. I, it was, you know, it was 2 AM. I'm, I'm going to bed in like an <laughs> hour. I, I decided to call it at that point. We had, we had pretty much half of the fort at that point where we, there was no way I was going to be able to get uh, this fort fought off and, and take care of the, the Ashen Lord that's at the end of it uh you know with mr rando and a brig coming down our 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 backside so we we just kind of cashed in we, we i kind of succumbed to the to the pressure and i took my advice i i i went and i sold what i was afraid to lose and if it's one thing i love doing it's denying loot so
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> i i was happy to get what i got and i called it a victory and and logged off for that night but man this Ooh. fort of fortune this fort of fortune I don't know about you, but this thing is insane. Like I've been seeing some videos. I saw one the other day where a crew was sailing around. They were streamers and they saw a galleon like off to their left Mm -hmm. and they had the sea of champion sails and they, and and the, the fear of God entered their souls. They were like, (laughs) that's sea of champions. And they're like, sea of champions. And they're like, oh boy, this is (laughs) going to be a fight. And they're like, we don't have supplies for this. Uh What do we do? And they're like, just get out of here let's just get out of here drop sales and i was i was like (laughs) that reminds me of the days back in the day remember when we had all all we had was the level 50 order souls liveries that was Mm -hmm. the best we got you know some pirates had pirate legend but it was like the days when you're fighting over a fort and a pirate legend ship rolled up and you're like son of a yeah (laughs) really so I'm, i'm i'm loving these um are you going to take part in any I know we just talked about this but do you feel like there's going to be a point where you're going to want to jump into one of these fort of fortunes?
1: I definitely want to try the fort of fortune. Um I you know I just would have to be with a with a crew. Like I can't obviously solo that. So it'll just be whenever it works out <clears throat> that I'm able to kind of at least be on a brig, maybe a galleon would probably be preferable in this scenario, but um yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, somehow be in an alliance with some trustworthy folks. Um, if I've, that happens, I've, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've I heard some stories. Uh, one of the uh, uh, Toasty from, from one of my other podcasts, he hit me up on, on one of the Discord servers. He's like, hey, I'm doing the Fort of Fortune and I got five ships here. And I'm like, that's the whole server. He's like, everyone's here. It's awesome. And I'm like... <laughs> How did you get the whole server to join in a line? You're going to get betrayed.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, the, it's it's stuff like that when it's a whole server alliance, like, Oh yeah, definitely. Somebody is going to betray yeah. and try and make up <laughs> with all the loot, but <laughs> them's the kicks, man. Those are yeah, the days. That's the stories. That's where they come from.
0: <laughs> the, that was, uh, those that was, oh man, back when, when one keg was enough back when people weren't, you know, not everyone was as prolific of a pirate and, you know, one keg was enough to do in a ship. Uh, now, now you have to rely on a mega keg and babysitting it. And, and even (laughs) even then sometimes people are, you know, people are are double bucketing, uh, uh, water out of the ship. It's, it's insane. I, I, I'm really looking forward to the season two's kicked up. i was looking at, A lot of the the different uh levels it looks like a lot of the uh the rewards fall in line with what i would expect Mm -hmm. uh are you partaking of the plunder pass this season
1: um i'm much more inclined to do so i didn't do it last season because i already had like half of the stuff that was the reward (laughs) so i was like "Eh, it's not really for any value to me but this season um it's got kind of some of the I think the there's Viva Piñata and Cameo stuff and like I don't really have much of that so I might do it I, I haven't decided yet but I'm leaning more towards it
0: I love that that it's an option through the entire pass that it's yeah. not make the choice up front and right. then and then figure out whether or not you're going to do cuz I was playing Destiny mm-hmm. not that long ago and I hadn't bought the season pass cuz I wasn't sure how much time I was going to have cuz it was right it was it was a little into the ways where season 1 for Thieves was kicking up and i'm like well mm. Thieves is my priority that's the one that i'm going to work on i don't know if i'm going to be able to and then i found out that half of that content is locked behind the season pass like you can't even access some of the new stuff to to mess around with unless you actually buy the season pass and i was like man this sucks like i really hate that i that i have to spend this money if i don't know if i'm going to be spending enough time to justify the the pass in it right sea of thieves you don't have to worry about that it's so nice oh god i i couldn't i was just i was really i was just really happy to 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 see that i can get the entire season pass done and then decide if i want to buy the the plunder pass but yeah i already i already bought it i already picked it up nice um
1: probably the right choice (laughs)
0: <laughs> well there was actually some stuff in there that i didn't have and i was like ah you know i might as well i might as well get it and, yeah. and support the company i love i totally. love rare and what they do um i i did want to get your feelings on the emporium content because we did actually get the the uh warsmith costume yes. and the i can't i didn't even think you know I did, i'll be honest i didn't even look to see what the heck the name of the cosmetics were for the uh the new set that came in for the ship. Dark, I I just bought dark them. Dark Warsmith ship. Is it Dark Warsmith? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I didn't I didn't read it. I didn't care. I just wanted it and I, yeah. I just put the I put the ancient coin down and said give me that. Yeah. But I I'm curious what you think of them. Uh, it, uh is it something that you're going to be buying?
1: Um possibly. I think they look awesome. I think they're really cool. Um I just based on disposable income don't buy everything that i want from the emporium even though i want most of it if not all Same. of it uh yeah. <laughs> so this is one where it's like i really like it but i don't like it enough to buy it up front right now um yeah so you know hopefully in a couple months it'll be in in rotation for one of the sales no pun intended the sales <laughs> um a sale sale, and uh then I'll probably pick it up then because it it is really cool. I think it'll be a really fun one to kind of uh equip during like the Halloween season like I think it looks it looks very um, intimidating,
0: yeah, yeah, I absolutely love it. I think it's probably one of their best sets that they've ever the one thing that would really tip the scales on that on that set mm-hmm. is if. I don't, I don't even know how they would do this. It would it would literally have to be them taking the 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 fog that rolls in mm-hmm. and shrinking it down, and putting that little emitter or whatever they whatever little game thing they do mm-hmm. into the bottom of the boat, so that as you sailed around, you got that cool little foggy misty cloud mm-hmm. <laughs> that follows your ship, like give me that
1: that'd be really like i
0: I want i want that (laughs) (laughs) because that ship deserves it it looks so good
1: oh that would be so
0: i i had to buy it i i couldn't not i couldn't not do that Um, (laughs) good it's it's a beautiful set it's it's been the first set that i bought in a while i think the last one that i picked up was the the conquer set actually that was the last one i I got too nice (laughs) yeah God, the, man, man, the Royal Squirrel—that was a beautiful set, such a good set. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I was I was really happy to 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 drop the money on the the Dark Warsmith. I didn't again no didn't care what it called, doesn't matter. Yeah,
1: just had to have it. Totally,
0: it's pretty. So um, we're 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 coming up on probably where I, I imagine we're covering a, a good gist of it. Was there anything that was in the uh, in in this update that you wanted to touch on?
1: No, I think we've pretty much covered what I've experienced and, and what I was interested in for this update. Um I'm excited for the rest of the season. I do want to check out some of the events and, and see if I can hold my own a little with the uh the emissaries and the Fort of Fortune. Um I'm excited for the twitch drops for this uh season as they're gonna be the uh the outfit and weapons, it looks like, for um that Gilded Phoenix Kind of, I've been calling it the rare set. Um, I I I love that the the color scheme is kind of like this this teal and gold, which is cool. Um, But I just love that the rare logo is on the emblem for the Gilded Phoenix, which for me is like Rare's whole thing is they used to hide their logo in all of their games constantly. It was like it was just they were not ashamed to self promote. Um, Whereas in (laughs) Sea of Thieves, you don't see the rare logo around as often um i can't remember mm-hmm. if it might be on some of the gold hoarder type coins or if that's just the uh reaper's mark it, but I'm regardless remember. um i love seeing the rare logo in rare games so um, yeah i'm excited to have that more of that set that's been a fun set to collect
0: yeah yeah i i Always have felt like that's the the creator crew set that was yeah, intended to go out. Yep, that is for for streamers, but definitely matches those yeah. sales. So
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm and with I guess you. the set is beautiful a reward too. for watching created content. So I guess it is linked to that. But yeah. more of a reward yeah. for their viewers than for them themselves.
0: <laughs> well, what's really weird is is that you have to watch a partner uh, to get these. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like you know if you have the Twitch account. And you're a content or you're in the creator crew. You have to have your Sea of Thieves account and your Twitch account linked. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know why they don't just offer this to any streamer that is a creator crew. That's linked. Yeah, and, that's a good
1: point. That would help boost them if if they weren't a partner. Maybe get some viewership. Yeah. Help people discover. Bring up discover. some of the other people. Hmm. We, need to, we need to pitch this idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and for folks that, uh, haven't seen the, the news about this, um, the Sea of Thieves Twitch drops are back. Watch any Sea of Thieves partner for play for 20 minutes, uh, between the times. And this is, this is starting in, in British standard time. So if you're on uh West coast, like we are subtract eight hours. If you're on East coast, subtract five hours. Uh, if you're in Australia, skip ahead into the future. I think What is it? Nine Uh, hours? I'm not sure. (laughs) I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why it's so weird there. It should be (laughs) in weird. Like, I I don't, I'm not going to get into that. But uh, these start on the uh, 23rd of April, starting at 10 a.m. British Standard Time, which is 2 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast, and then 5 a.m. What is that? 3 hour. 5 a.m. Yeah, 5 a.m. East Coast time. So, and Mm -hmm. that's going till uh, the 28th. So yeah. make sure that you guys are are jumping onto Twitch. Just log in for 20 minutes. Doesn't matter what partnered streamer you watch. You can swap between them and and earn it. Uh, Friday the 23rd. That's going to be the hat. Saturday the 24th is going to be the gloves. Sunday the 25th is going to be the trousers. Monday the 26th is going to be the dress. And Tuesday uh, the 27th is going to be the hook. And I would imagine that we're going to be getting uh some more of these in the future as they continue to dish out these these the set uh so keep an eye out put a reminder on your phone if you're in the discord usually folks are are on top about reminding people like hey jump on it's it's refreshed it's the new day Mm -hmm. so hopefully people are are not going to miss out on these and if not i imagine at some point in the future Rare's really good about bringing back uh rewards yeah they've just about anything they've put out is has been available more than one time. I mm-hmm. think maybe the Gears set and the State of Decay set are the only two that I can think of that aren't available yeah. through rewards. I think those are the ones that have, have been. There's, I'm sure you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, Logan, you, you totally missed out on this set. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just saying for what I can remember off the top yeah. of my head.
1: Yeah, that's, so, that's all I can remember too.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, so that I'm I'm glad that they're doing this. It's nice to see it, but I think I think that's about as much info. Was there anything else you can think of off the top of your head that was kind of like have to hit on the first day? Because I think
1: no, I I think we've we've covered it pretty well.
0: Yeah, can't think of any. Oh, did you see the uh, the Reaper's bones figurehead? I I put a tweet out about this. But the, the emissary uh, figurehead for Reaper's Bones no, is new.
1: I, I didn't think I've looked at it.
0: This is interesting. I'm going to see if I can grab the uh, the tweet about it. So it's got the image on there. Um, this was really surprising to me because I was I was just going back watching the video because I'm weird. And I like watching these videos multiple times. <laughs> uh, Relatable. So as... <laughs> yeah uh, if you're a fan you understand you, you scour through uh the 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 videos for any little tidbits of information plus we got a weird thing about uh one of the the loading screens has uh plunder outpost in the background behind some pirates and there's some greens new stuff that's that's there that people are like what's this is this the thing that's been being made who knows we don't know could be <laughs> could be the grounded game tie-in for all we know um <laughs> So I I messaged you the the tweet that I sent um, with the image uh, through Discord, and the the figurehead is uh, dual sided. It looks like it. Funny enough, the the set for the plunder pass, yeah, the set for the plunder pass is uh, tied to like playing cards. It's all kind of like you know ace up your sleeve, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of catty card play. This looks like one of the the queens on a on a face card in a deck where it's yeah. double sided but slightly different. And it's to me it's clear that that is the masked stranger mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. and then on the bottom it looks like the opposite of the masked stranger which is the unmasked stranger in my mind holding an hourglass. Yeah. And I I was just I don't know about you but I'm I'm ready for for Wanda the Warsmith to come back. Heck yeah absolutely i'm looking forward to it
1: yeah it's it's been a very long setup for this whole uh, plot line with the i feel like we got a lot of setup real quick and then it kind of just plateaued like there's still been you know the little the little things and duke and and the runes and all that but i feel like we were at a pretty steady clip there and, and i'm sure this relates to covid and stuff but like I'm dying to know more about the mass stranger and the reapers hideout. And if we can maybe go down that middle thing in the middle of the reapers hideout and yeah, I'm, I'm ready to learn more too. And to what do you think is down there? I'm hoping it's just another hideout, like kind of a legendary reaper hideout. Um, mm. I'm hoping that'll play into a captaincy update to where you could, if you're a pirate legend, you can either, spawn in athena's fortune or spawn in the reaper's place or maybe i don't know two is probably not enough for that because you know mike mike chapman's tease from before the game launched the of the emerging through the waterfall and all that um no whether or not we're gonna let that down <laughs> whether or not we we see that day is yet to remain seen but um hopefully if they figure out something cool with that um they can they can implement it there that's what i'm hoping what do you think is down there? Is there is there lore to imply what might be down there or anything like that?
0: Funny enough, uh, I'm of two minds about this, and I'm constantly at war with myself about how I feel about that, that door because part of me does believe that it will 100% be the Reaper's Hideout Pirate Legend uh, area for, mm-hmm. for people that, are, that have ascended to the Flame Flameheart, Heart's Fortune mm-hmm. version. Uh, of the, the of the pirate legend tavern, and the other part of me, one and, and and part of that is just because of how the the skeleton uh, scripting on on all of the reapers stuff is how the servant of flame is is clearly a nod to flames uh, flame heart how mm-hmm. Wanda has been in love with flame heart this whole time and has been wanting to bring him back mm-hmm. uh, into Thieves. so part of me feels like that is the, the that is the antithesis of what the reaper's bones is going to become is that their own pirate legend version in that sense and i feel like the dark the dark legend is kind of a representation of us going down that path is we're no longer the golden purple royal pirate legend group we are now the the dark adventurer set mm-hmm. and we're just slowly falling deeper and deeper into that into that aspect of the game and we're going to get factions at some point uh between the different skeletons and you're going to have to pick mm. you know like what skeletons you want to actually fight against and i think a lot of people are going to side with Flameheart and go against gray morrow and gold hoarder uh versus like you know aligning aligning yourself with gold hoarder and having Lorina. Come to come to terms with the gold hoarder through her association with the gold hoarders, mm-hmm. the actual representation uh, representatives of them, and the gold hoarder will come back at some point, and we will have to use his uh, his fleet to to kind of combat against Flameheart and deal with that, and then Gray marl is going to be kind of an, a neutral agent in the in the matter because he seems to have his own agenda, mm-hmm. but. I have a feeling that it'll either be that or down below Reaper's bones is actually where, uh, the captain had set up the chalice that seems to be the chalice of life. That is, uh, also mm-hmm. a, a symbol of the Reaper's bones mm-hmm. and the Reaper's bones will be, will spawn the, the flame heart junior that we've been wondering, Yeah, like, are they in the game? And mm-hmm. and a lot of people have been talking about it and wondering, like, oh, is the servant of flame Flame Heart Jr.? It's hard to know at this point, but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But right. at the same time, you know, we've also had had Chapman say that Flame Heart Jr. is already in the game, but you know, I, I don't know if that's if that's him playing or or if that's exactly what he meant. Hmm. It's so hard to to kind of suss out the truth in this instance. Right. Yeah interesting so those are those are kind of where i'm going with it uh but I, I guess we'll still have to kind of wait and see yeah if if that's actually going to be the case uh regardless i i think that sea of thieves is based on some of the stuff that i've seen on insiders i think sea of thieves is finally going to get to the point where what they showed us in in the teases for the game when it was coming mm-hmm. out I think we're finally going to get to that stage, but I think we're going to have so much more on top of that that it 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 feels like Sea of Thieves has finally come into the golden age of piracy.
1: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: Although I still really want Nassau sort of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but that's a big ask.
1: Yeah, that is. But it, yeah, it'd be interesting.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to cover everything for this episode. Obviously, uh, next week is going to be the community episode for the Gold Hoarder patrons. Uh, And then after that, I've got a couple guests lined up that I'm looking forward to chatting with about season two and seeing how the the different events are going and get some stories out of them. Uh, But before that happens, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me. I don't even uh, before. uh, Actually, I have to get this in. Pegleg Perez. We didn't even get to talk about <laughs> yeah, we your missed a Easter lot. egg.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I have to I have to ask, what was it like? And, and for those that may not know, uh, explain Pegleg Perez.
1: So going back to our our visit to the studio back in 2016, um, as kind of the last day after we had played the game and, and we were kind of wrapping up, uh, Greg Males kind of ceremoniously bestowed the the 12 of us with our own pirate names, uh, similar to what he does for the rare staff. And uh, so we were kind of, were given a little certificate that says, you know, you hereby, have be, I don't remember exactly what it says, but like you're hereby a pirate on the Sea of Thieves. And it was presented to, for me, it was presented to Peg Leg Perez. That was the nickname he gave me. Um, fast forward to... The game's launch in 2018, um, he was kind of on Twitter jokingly giving out some pirate names, and uh, I DM'd him on Twitter and, and had asked him to do one for my wife because she, uh, she had not gotten one when we were at the studio. She had come with me as kind of just my plus one, um, and yeah. so I just, they just hadn't prepared it. They She wasn't initially going to be at the studio, but there was less plus ones than they expected, so she ended up coming along. Uh, long story short, I asked him if he, if he'd do one for her and he's like, yeah, sure. And so he, he gave hers his, his, uh, hook handy Mandy. That's, that's my wife. Oh, and, that's awesome. uh, but then he goes, by the way, when the game comes, this is like the day or two before launch. He's like, when the game comes out, check out the the shops. And I was like, what? Okay. And so on launch day, I got my, my copy booted up, went into the shop and uh and found the peg leg, the sea dog peg leg. Uh the default des- <laughs> description is uh it was like a small accident with a gunpowder barrel and a few bits of wood, created the legend of peg leg Perez. Um, which I just, you know, I lost my mind. I was like, Oh my god, I'm I'm an Easter egg in a rare game. Um and then, you know, fast forward to God, was it the beginning of twenty twenty, um, when the uh the legends of the sea was added then they kind of uh was kind of aaron nielsen's pet project to more structurally recognize the easter eggs and, and document the easter eggs in the game so you know that was when yeah. they added umbra and all that and so it was cool they added that that extra description so if you are wearing the sea dog peg leg and you go visit umbra on the La- Laguna of whispers right yep island of Whispers. anyway um If you go visit her and show her the the sea dog peg leg, she'll tell you a little bit about me. Which is just I love it. So cool. So cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I absolutely I remember seeing that and knowing exactly who it was tied to because I'd known through Twitter like who you were and and Mm -hmm. how you were associated with the game and at that point, I was so enamored with the game, I was just like, anyone that's associated with this or that's been around, like I wanna, I wanna get in contact with them because mm-hmm. they, I feel like they've been, they've been doing the thing that I should have, uh, that I wish I had known to do forever ago because had i known about the game and not been such a nintendo fanboy (laughs) i would have seen the writing on the wall about this pirate game and been like oh god finally the game that i've been wanting and didn't know that i wanted until this trailer came out for it Mm -hmm. and and jumped on you know social media and and started getting into it probably would have been kicking around a podcast a lot sooner uh Mm -hmm. as a result but yeah I, i was just i was really happy to have gotten a chance to to, uh, earn your friendship on, on Twitter and get to talk with you and get to share things with you and, uh, and, and just get to, to generally kind of bask in, in the glory of, of, you know, the folks that got to go to the studio and, and have their experiences not only recorded, but then presented as actual in-game playing sessions during an E3 when they showcased yeah. like <laughs> what, what people were do you know, and, was... and to
1: hear that was yeah, it's an unbelievable moment
0: <laughs> to see people's reactions. Be like, oh my god, they're actors, and then have like Rare be like, no, we had to we had to cut it down because people were people were going to think that they were actors by their reactions, and then <laughs> to find out like, no, this was a contest reward to go to go yeah. and play the game before anyone else, and they didn't know like going into it that they were going to be recorded. So seeing you and Heil and everyone else just really like get like just enjoy the aspects of the game before anyone really got a chance to get their hands on it It was just so it was so so pure of an emotion that I I, I don't think anyone really appreciates just how how amazing that must
1: have been yeah no it's 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 true because yeah the, the initial response like it was pretty positive but there was a lot of people who were like oh these stupid youtubers these paid actors whatever like you know, we didn't know we were going to be in a trailer. We we knew we were being recorded. We honestly thought it was for gameplay analysis. You know, because they showed us the the pirate wheel of emotion when we were at the studio and and had us kind of give our <laughs> feedback after each session. We we did I think four sessions in total, or maybe five. Um, one of which was the the Unity prototype. The rest were the Unreal pre like back when it was just fifteen islands in a circle. Um, oh, man and yeah there's so much more i could talk about about when we were at the studio and what we got to play versus kind of what came out and what was added and you know it's like the unity prototype that we played back then was almost feature complete to where anniversary one update was um like it had the harpoons it had cooking it had all that stuff that didn't get added to the game till well over a year after it was out so it's kind of cool to see that the the grand vision early um yeah and i always tell this but there's still one more thing from that unity prototype that i hope makes it over so we'll see
0: yeah i'm I'm hoping that I mean, it's it's clear that the that the roadmap is is changed over Mm -hmm. the years. Yeah, but knowing that there's still like there's still some things in the back pocket that they haven't pulled out. uh, You know, as like a trump card to just you know drop drop on the table and be like, oh yeah, so we we still we're still having these things in the game you know a lot of people wanted like banjos and yeah. different instruments and there's so much stuff that comes but every once in a while they'll come out and someone will be like oh yeah this was this was in the unity thing and i'm like really that was in the un yeah. why didn't why <laughs> didn't we have these yeah it would no, have been exactly. such a different reception <laughs> was
1: just, but, It was just it was just the amount of time it took to to carry it over and and make it work. And yeah, it's it's such a crazy thing, the behind the scenes. Uh, I, I, you know, I wish I could talk more about it, but you know, NDA. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And with that, I think that's a good, good place for us to, uh, to end the episode. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff, do you mind once again, for folks that, that haven't, that don't remember, maybe maybe short-term memory loss i'm not gonna i'm not gonna name any names or, or point any fingers but if they want to get a hold of you where can they get a hold of you and your content
1: best places on twitter um, i'm at rare underscore fanatic um if you follow me there that's pretty much where i spend most of my my social time um i'm a part of rare gamer and uh contributing still to rare and friends just a little bit there with the the log podcast and uh yeah so if you, if you check me out on any of those places that's gonna be your best bet
0: awesome and i'm gonna have links to your socials in the description of this uh episode if you guys want to head over to the show notes and check those out as well as any of mine in case you want to get a hold of me and before we go quick question off the top of your head you have to answer this without thinking about it okay. disneyland or disney world
1: ooh disney world
0: ooh That's contentious. Mm. West Coast. Oh, my God. All right. That's going to do it for this episode, Pirates. Thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you in the Sea of Thieves. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier podcast is
1: here to help. I'm Bob Chachinsky,
0: and I'm DogBark24.
1: We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve
0: through in game knowledge and references. From PvE to PvP and everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We
1: hope hope you you check check us out. out. Thanks.
0: Thanks. Ta-da.